Welcome to the Rebel Heart Coaching Podcast, where BSN registered nurse, integrative health practitioner, and board certified life coach Samantha Shatek teaches you how to go beyond managing your circumstances and start intentionally creating a life you love using her proven strategies. Hello there, you precious soul you. How are you today? Today, I'm going to be talking to you about the beauty of difficult conversations. I had something happen recently, and that is inspiring this conversation today. And I want to talk about the importance of having these difficult conversations. You know, the ones that you know you want and need to have, but you kind of cringe and you wish would just kind of go away because they're super uncomfortable. Or maybe you never really even have these conversations in your life and you're used to just sort of sweeping things under the rug. And that's okay too, but I think that there is something being missed when we do this chronically. I think that if we can start having more difficult, honest conversations but where we bring more skill, where we bring our whole self and our heart to the table, there's just such beauty and healing that blossoms from those conversations. But let's be super honest, at least for me, and I think for most of you, it's much easier just to avoid those tough conversations or else you tend to minimize or maybe rationalize the issue in order to absolve yourself from that discomfort of even thinking about the conversation. But here's the thing, if we're open to it and we're in tune enough to actually allow and listen to the messages that are meant for us, we will eventually be presented with clarity or a truth about any given situation. And it might not be immediately, but when this truth and clarity comes, then what's difficult is we might not know what to do with it, depending on the situation and every situation is unique. You know, we might have a little tiny inkling of a feeling, maybe a dream or maybe just a realization, or maybe it's a deep knowing, but it's one thing to be able to hear and discern what our own truth is. But it's a whole other thing to be brave enough to either initiate or agree to having a potentially difficult conversation that you know needs to happen. And especially with someone you really care about and love. And the reason that's hard is because we want to still probably maintain a relationship or a friendship and we want to be gracious and loving and we're just not taught in this culture in particular or maybe in any culture for that matter how to skillfully deliver a message with truth and honesty but also with kindness. I don't think that it helps matters that in our culture and especially as women And especially in my case, as someone who happens to live in the Midwest, in North America, we are largely taught that being too honest or too direct with one another is not quote unquote nice. 
And sometimes it's even considered masculine, rude, or bitchy. Now, even if our delivery is kind and well-intentioned, it sometimes isn't received well by others because they just aren't used to such direct communication. And it's just not what most of us have been taught to do as women. I do want to speak on the other hand, though, to the numbers of women who do tend to be more honest and direct or blunt in their communication. But in a lot of these cases, not all of them, these women tend to also lack the skills in the delivery of the message. And I've certainly found myself in both camps of these styles of communication as I've grown and evolve and change and with different people. But these women who might be more direct and assertive they might tend to frequently deliver the message in a way that's not composed, confident, or loving. And the language that they're using will reflect that. Instead, what I tend to see is intense and fiery language. And it's coming from an energy that's frustrated, reactive, or upset. And when it's coming from that place in the space, of course, it's going to put people on the defense. And that's not useful or productive or healing for anyone. So I'm here to say that there is a happy medium, but it does take practice and courage. You know, I think that people in general just aren't accustomed to receiving honest feedback, maybe in a work situation, but not in the personal realms. And often people don't feel safe enough to either give or receive it. Because the truth is we don't learn it and we don't practice it. And so our nervous systems, when they're under a threat, and whether that threat is real or perceived, our nervous systems will go into fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. And those are all nervous system responses. And the challenge with having a difficult conversation is that both people involved or the group of people that's involved in the conversation must ideally stay in the safe state of parasympathetic dominance. And this is the state where there is no perceived threat. And then our bodies and our nervous systems can stay calm and stay engaged. And they can do this in a way where both people or all of the people involved can deeply listen and receive information and also speak directly and lovingly with their heart on board. And that's because when we're in a calm state, as I've mentioned before on another episode, when we're in a coherent state, our heart and brain and our brain and our body can communicate better and the signal is more smooth and everything just flows better when we're in that calm state. When we have stress chemicals on board like cortisol and epinephrine, our language changes and our heart races And things tend to get a little bit more jagged and sharp. And so it's really important, this safety piece. And if we haven't had the opportunities to have safe, honest conversations, it can feel really threatening. And it's kind of like that thing, like if your boss calls you into the office, we all just assume it's something bad. At least I'll talk from my point of view. I still have the response that if I'm being called in, it's for criticism or something that I'm not doing rather than something that I'm doing well. And that's not even the case all the time, but that's the way that I think a lot of us are conditioned. It's also modeled to us often and 
frequently much more acceptable to just complain and talk about the person, the situation or the problems with everyone else. And, you know, it is healthy sometimes to talk to a therapist or vent to our friends. But when we do this repeatedly, and then the problem isn't getting solved, I think that becomes an issue because we're then avoiding the person or the people that we need to talk to the most in order to either figure out a solution or come to a resolution or at the very least create closure or healing between you. And that doesn't mean that you have to agree, but coming together to discuss things can just clear the energy, clear the air, and it gives us a chance to just connect with one another. And that alone, I think, is really powerful. And also, if someone is having a difficult conversation and they're doing so from a place of being triggered or explosive rather than calm, assertive, and direct, the sender of the message probably hasn't refined their skill set yet and may not know how to deliver the message with a sense of ownership and confidence while still showing genuine compassion and care for the person they're engaging with. And I know from experience, and this is something I've worked on my whole life, is that our language can be easily altered and much less effective when we don't feel safe and our emotional charge, which is essentially the chemicals in our body that I spoke of, alters our chemistry in our body and therefore in our brain, and it alters our capacity to speak and receive and be calm. And an added difficulty is that to say something at all, and never mind even daring to say something opinionated or a little bit confrontational, is to stand out and face judgment or potential exclusion. And as I've mentioned before in other episodes, and as you might know, we want to fit in as humans. And yes, we sometimes we want to be unique and we need to be individual and we do want to stand out. But we are wired as humans to belong to each other and we are social creatures. Now, if we have a history of trauma, trauma can alter this. But typically, we are all born to cooperate and we mostly all want to get along. We want basically the same things at our core And we all want to feel connected and heard and seen, and we want to feel like we belong. When we're in coherence and resonance with each other and the earth, it feels really good. And our brains, they want ease and comfort and likes these hits of feel-good oxytocin that happen from when we connect socially or intimately with a partner And when we're in the safety of the group who which we belong, there is a chemical compound to that that feels really good. And so remember, we come from ancestors not too long ago, who in order to increase our chances of survival and reproduction, had to stay with a group or tribe. If you were to go off on your own, or if you were banished from the group or tribe, This meant the increased likelihood of literal death for you. And so most of us don't want to stand out or be seen, but we want to belong. Sometimes we don't want to make waves or be a problem. 
And also it's unpleasant and uncomfortable. And from an evolutionary and biological perspective, it makes sense that when we're trying to do something new or when we have an opinion that's difficult to bring to somebody, that this is going to bring up a lot of our own personal fear and discomfort. But also this is deeply encoded into our ancestry as far as tribal mentality and how we evolved. I'm going to share with you now a difficult conversation that a group of us had. And so recently, there was a group of nine women, and we are all connected. And we went on to a facilitated group retreat at the end of March to Playa del Carmen, Mexico. And most of us already knew each other from being a part of the same women's group. But there was a few of us who didn't know each other and we were meeting for the first time there. But most of us, like I said, were already friends. We already liked and loved each other and were excited about it. Like all trips, there were highs and lows. And if we're honest about any travels that you've had, there's always things that can be improved. There's seems to be always little hiccups or things that go wrong. And sometimes they're big things, sometimes they're little things. And so that's to be expected. We also had lots of adventures and fun here. And there was absolutely no shortage of sunshine and laughter and really amazing memories. But unfortunately, or fortunately, the trip was also filled with sort of a sense of intensity, a lack of organization and structure. There were some interpersonal conflicts and disappointments because of the lack of organization. And there was frustration in some form or fashion for most of the women attending at some point and including the facilitator. And so the facilitator hosting our group is not only our group leader and facilitator, Most of us consider her to be our sister, our friend, and we just love her to pieces. So when she overpromised what we would get on this retreat, but under-delivered, there were many emotions and frustrations about that and disappointments. And these frustrations and concerns spanned beyond what I was speaking to before about just the normal bumps in the road that one might expect when traveling. And many of these hard truths and frustrations definitely began to take shape during the trip. But I don't think that they were fully realized by all of us individually until after the trip upon reflection or close to the end of the trip. And so when we got back and we landed, a group of us, a smaller group of us, met a couple times. And we met not only because we were excited about the newfound connections and strength and friendships we found in each other, but we also needed to reflect and share what was going on and basically discuss what in the hell happened and just check in to see what was this experience for you and share our experience. I also think it's important to mention and speak to the fact that because There is an inherent power dynamic when someone is a leader and a facilitator. So this definitely complicated things. But then it's this question of how do we have this much needed and difficult conversation? 
And how do we approach talking to the facilitator, who is also our women's group leader that we see at least once a month, and also in some ways for some of us is our friend? And how do we get brutally honest about all of these disappointments and frustrations we have without hurting her? And how do we tell her that some of her choices and behaviors really hurt us without also losing our compassion or our cool and all staying safe and grounded. Well, to be completely honest, after the trip, I froze a bit. This isn't like me. I usually am not at a loss for words. Good thing I have a podcast. (laughs) But I did, I froze because I was thinking about really what is the right way? What is the right thing to do? What is the right thing for me to do for the highest good? And is me saying something really in service to her and to the group? Or are these things that I can do thought work and change my mindset on and do my own internal work on without saying anything? Because sometimes that is the work is to just work on our own mind and our own perception and, you know, to do the forgiveness and do that internal work. But also there is a time to have conversations and I just didn't know what to do or how to go about it. And I honestly questioned if she really even cared or would take it as good as she claims she takes feedback because she does say a lot that she's very humble from my perspective and is always trying to learn and grow and uh, really truly means that and is on that journey. And As much as she says that she always wants to grow and learn, I think that like anyone, there is a part of her that would still want to be right and and try to protect her from, you know, criticism. So I thought about writing an email, which isn't necessarily bad, and that could be appropriate, but it's also not as personal. And I felt like an in-person conversation face-to-face could be way more potent And also, in addition to that, feeling like the other people's perspective and feedback from the group is also really important and crucial because we all have slightly different lenses that we're looking through. So she reached out to us on a WhatsApp group thread and suggested that we all meet just to talk about Mexico and not in a way where I don't think at that time that she knew necessarily anything was happening but just wanted to connect with us. And none of us responded on the WhatsApp group thread. And I think we were all in freeze mode and didn't really know what to do and didn't want to be inauthentic in the response. And so I think that she said that she definitely sent something was up when no one responded. And so we continued to do our own internal processing. And we also talked a little bit amongst ourselves about these frustrations and approaches that we could possibly take, but we did never really communicated them with her. And I think for me, I can't speak for everybody else in the group. I just wasn't sure how to do that yet. And it really hadn't landed. So then we were all due at the next women's circle that was scheduled, where I knew most all of us would be seeing her. And it was definitely nerve wracking. I felt a little torn. I definitely felt waves of stress because the issue was just so unresolved in my heart and in my body. And I'm not an inauthentic person. And so it was really, 
I realized it was really affecting my biology and chemistry to be holding this in. And no matter how much I tried to process it, it really wasn't going away. So that was a big takeaway right there. If it's something that's taking up a lot of mental space, or if it's making you potentially stressed or sick, it it's probably time to have some form of a conversation, even if it's an email, but preferably an in-person conversation, because I think that those have the potential to be like the most potent and powerful. So when I got, I pulled up to her house, like I always do, like we always do, we meet at her house for the group. And I was really relieved when I was walking up to her house. She came outside that day, greeted me with a big smile and a huge hug outside of her door. And this was super unusual. Usually she's inside and I go inside and she greets me inside. And she just asked if I would be willing to meet for five minutes after the big group circle was done. And of course, I said yes. And I knew then and I was nervous, but I knew that she was going to talk to me in regards to something in relation to Mexico. And it also turns out that the two other women who were also there that were also in Mexico, she had asked them when they entered if they would stay and meet with her as well. So we had the big three hour large group meeting. And then after the meeting, she pulled the three of us aside into another room And, you know, she said, hey, I noticed that no one responded to me in the group thread. And then she proceeded to ask us if we'd be willing to get together another time just to discuss what happened. And we all agreed to meet at a later time. And then we did begin to talk a little bit about it on the surface and vaguely. We talked a bit about, you know, having some frustrations and some big feelings But also, I was the first one to admit that I don't know how to approach it. And that sometimes, and I I was saying that sometimes it's harder for me to be really honest when it feels like I don't want to hurt her or burden her more. Um, Because I know where she was at in her personal life, it just felt like it was a really tricky thing. And it was definitely a place where I was being challenged to lean in. And I don't consider myself afraid to have difficult conversations. But this one, because she's a leader and our facilitator, and because there was some things that were really wrong, it definitely, it tested me. And so she acknowledged that she too was also feeling frustrated by many things, maybe even some of the same things and let down and feeling heavy from the experience. And she acknowledged that she didn't feel that all of it went the way that she had envisioned either. And, you know, I did question her. And I said in that five minute, 10 minute meeting after that we were in, I shared with her that I am nervous to be too honest with her. And I did ask if she even wanted to hear it. And she said she did and that she did want to learn from the things that we had to say. And I also acknowledged that part of my apprehension is that I know she's been under an incredible amount of stress and having a lot of intense and frequent personal challenges. So there was just this reluctance on my part to make her burden even heavier But she assured us all that she can handle it and wants to come together to reflect. 
and that it would be good to clean and clear the energy between us. And I think we all agreed. So because adult schedules are sometimes feel impossible to organize amongst five busy women, uh, we finally found a time that we could meet about two weeks later, (laughs) hashtag adult schedules. And so we ended up meeting outdoors on a Sunday afternoon at a super beautiful park that overlooks the lake in the city. And it was a really gorgeous sunny day and we sat on blankets in a circle and we sat in the shade under two trees that were supporting us and holding us the whole time. And there was a total of five of us, including her. And although I was a little nervous, I was more excited to see everybody and to come together. And so we started the session by just setting intentions and our facilitator burned Copal and brought an eagle feather, which is symbolic and significant of really looking at things from a big picture point of view. And so we all took turns cleansing each other with Copal and we started the circle with talking about the things that went well for us in Mexico and the things that brought us joy or that we really loved. And then we transitioned into the things that either were frustrating hard or felt left out and made suggestions for the future. Our facilitator was the first one to speak to the things that she felt went wrong or didn't go good or that were hard for her. And she was super vulnerable and owned a lot of different things. And so we all took turns and we went around the circle and it was really healing. And I do feel like it was good for me to be in my power and speaking my truth, but in a really safe space filled with so much love and respect for one another. And then we eventually ended and closed the circle. We shared about what our takeaways and some of our gratitudes. And here's the thing. It went really well, but even if it wouldn't have went that well, the very act of being willing to come together in and of itself was rebellious and revolutionary, and it was healing on so many levels. I just know that our ancestors were celebrating and our guides were high-fiving each other. Seriously, I bet you more women around the globe spoke up that night. I'm sure of it because we did what so many people and so many women don't do, and that's to come together in honesty and talk about hard things in a safe and loving way for the purpose of understanding, reflection, healing, and growth, and all because the very facilitator that we were frustrated with had the insight, she had the humility, and she had the courage to invite us in to a difficult conversation. And in my opinion, that's a true sign of a servant leader. That's a leader. Was the conversation difficult at times and uncomfortable? Yes. But it was so beautiful and transformative? Hell yes. It was just so healing to sit in a circle with my fellow humans and my friends and my sisters and witness everyone speak from their hearts, not necessarily their heads. And you know, it's super easy when things are fun and light and surface, but when they get hard or difficult, 
a lot of people will run and hide, or if they don't run and hide, they'll be in your face and shout and lash out. And so it was just so healing and humbling to listen to our facilitator talk about her vulnerabilities, admit her personal challenges and her frustrations, and also to own and reflect about her perceived failures. It took a lot of grace and courage. And she took complete ownership and responsibility. And she acknowledged the things that we were feeling that got Mr. Forgotten and saw us and acknowledged us. And even though we didn't necessarily feel that held by her at the retreat in the way that some of us wanted to feel held, but now we're feeling held by her more than ever. She was able to gracefully create a safe space for us to give our feedback to her so we felt safe enough to do so. I felt my shoulders drop a little after that. I felt like I could breathe easier. As I looked around the circle, everyone just looked and felt more at ease because of the alchemy that had happened during our conversation. And to me, this is almost bigger than us. This is about changing cultural and social norms. It feels like this is the simple yet hard antidote to war. This is what peace looks like. This can be an antidote to stress and loneliness. Intentional connection and skillful communication all comes from love and love always wins And it won that day for sure. And I am so grateful to be a part of that circle and that group. And I will forever hold that moment in my heart as a day that love won. And I want you to just think about where in your life or is there a conversation that you want to have or need to have? And even if it's an email, that's better than nothing. Is there a place where you just know that having a conversation, even though it's maybe the last thing you want to do, maybe you know deep down and you can feel that it would be the best medicine? I want to encourage you to find the courage to try to initiate or receive a difficult conversation today. And think about in the future when a conversation opportunity arises and you feel discomfort, that's okay. Nothing's gone wrong. When we can work through that discomfort, there's something really beautiful waiting on the other side. I love you. And hey, I also want to invite you to join me for my six-month coaching program. I'll work with just you one-on-one and I'm going to help you get the results that I know you can get. I promise your life will be different. Go to www.rebelheartcoaching.com to sign up for a consult today. I'll see you inside.